Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is the Soho Radio Podcast, showcasing some of the best broadcasts from our online radio station, right from the heart of Soho, London. Across our music and culture channels, we have a wide range of shows covering every genre, along with chat shows, discussions and special broadcasts. Here is just one of our recent shows. To catch the full show, head to our Mixcloud page or listen live at SohoRadioLondon.com. Yes, beautiful people! This is Raj Farad I, Winston's One Love, plant-based Caribbean, uh, here on Soho Radio, the cultural station, with our very first episode of Dub Plate Radio, and this is a, a very special time as well. Um, we're celebrating Christmas in the Caribbean, which is an annual event that we do, Winston's One Love does, uh, in celebration and tribute to uh, my father, uh, the legendary reggae artist and drummer, uh, Winston Grennan. And as we do, as we do, um, it's very much about bringing together food and music and culture. So I'm sitting down today with some of my favorite people, uh, the cosmic astronaut, designer, artiste, all-round amazing woman. Uh, health and wellness is her thing, amongst other things. Fred Butler, y'all, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining me, Fred. Thank you. Yeah, man. And uh, I'm also here with the incomparable Harris Elliott, uh, you may have seen Harris's work grace the stages around the world from the J- Japan to America, uh, working with some of the finest talents um, in the world. Um, he is a cultural historian, artistic, bon vivant. Easy. Aye! He's one himself bon vivant. I never heard that one before. Man about ting and ting and ting. Harris Elliott. My guy. Yeah, pleased to be here. Wow, with that kind of intro, I'll come back, especially if the food's going to be here again. Yes, sure. I am. Yes. And um, also with us, uh, our guy, Mr. Magic himself, <laughs> the smooth voice of the man, the myth, the soon-to-be legend, uh-huh. singer, songwriter, Joel Cole Pepper, y'all. Can you like come on tour with me, mate? And, uh, yeah, what? Oh, sure. Right, man. Yeah, yeah. Them call him the sergeant. <laughs> <laughs> call him the sergeant. Sergeant Carl Pepper, which will be in on radio, TV, music, everything, everything. all of the above, all, all of, the, of above. the above. Very soon, amazing album coming out. Um, super excited about it, and uh, we're just sitting here having casual conversation over good food about the influence of Caribbean culture in mainstream uh, pop culture. So 
Mr. Harris Elliott, busiest man in Babylon. Wow. Yeah, I think so. I think the title fits, and it's like, so what you, what's, what's been going on? What's popping, brother? Um, got a lot of things on. Wow, there's been lots on. It's been, I guess, the most exciting thing, and I've been working on a lot of interesting projects. Yeah. One we were working together recently on the recent Gorillaz um, live album pre- AR presentation, which went live last week. But Super exciting. I mean, I was smashing success and i saw I mean, glimpses man it looked yeah. incredible yeah man what's throughout all that what how are you fueling yourself what are you eating what's on your plate you know are you able to have a plate as you're flowing through that wow um often food gets taken away in those moments when you're crazy busy and some of the things that i need most to sustain me are the things that i have least so i have less sleep and i have less decent food the two things as well as hydrating through liquid and taking time. You need more time, but the least thing you have is time. You're grabbing things that you wouldn't normally you wouldn't normally eat. Mm. So um so in some ways it becomes a bit of a misnomer or a contradiction that what you need most you have least of to be able to sustain you through those periods. But yeah. um but we're here. Um eyelids are just propped open, but we're here. Um, yes, 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 yes. We certainly are. And it's like I mean to your point it, it is very much about you know as you go 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 you know being able to you know have something that can sustain you and you know 100 you know i think that's extremely important and even taking the time out to just have sit down have a good meal eat your vegetables you know because at the end of the day food good means body good so uh yeah man that's so good, good i just don't think we've well in in our sandwich culture in the uk yeah it's only when I travel and haven't done so much this year for obvious reasons, which we won't talk about, um, is that people in other places, they sit down and meal times are really important. Yes. And I don't think day to day that I or a lot of our British culture is based around other things and people, whether they're coming in from the Americas or from Japan they're like or Europe, you guys just eat sandwiches, 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 and you just yeah. eat food on the go, and you're working on the go. And yeah, it is very much a sandwich culture, isn't it? Time out to actually let the food infuse through you, and to be able to have a conversation. Whereas I'm like eating a sandwich uh, on my phone, yeah. and having a conversation, and that's not really the way that things should be done. No, so I can dig it. I can. I always it. feel like food is it's almost like a a luxury. Yeah, that you. You know, if you've got the time, then you'll sit down and eat properly. And it's so true that actually it's so counterintuitive to treat it like that because it's the source of how you even think. That's right. And if you're putting pressure on mm. yourself and, and there are others putting pressure on you to deliver something that's obviously of a standard and requires thought and multitasking and all these things that are constantly going on in these environments it's kind of weird that actually food is the afterthought and it's like no we should prioritize eating because that's going to sustain us that's going to keep us motivated it's going to make sure our ideas are still flowing there's nothing worse than being stressed hungry and like just running on fumes and it's it's so within bedded within you know culture here for sure that yeah, I'll just eat later and I miss lunch and it's like, no. Nah. Yeah, and then later just becomes later. Later. Becomes later, yeah. becomes later. Yeah. And then yeah. there's only scraps left at the yeah. end anyway. So yeah. by the time yeah. later comes, what's on offer is not even sustaining anyway. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It's, no, it's yeah, I mean, 
it's 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 very interesting, especially the, the lifestyles that we we have and like constantly go go go. And I believe it's like you know it's so much about kind of making that time for yourself, you know, making that time to actually sit down and have a meal. And like, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna do that. I'm just gonna go ahead and sit. And that within itself, I think, is a luxury. You know, mm. um, uh, so you know, it's just continuously being able to, you know have that time making that time to have those meals you know so and just valuing yourself and valuing those moments enough to know that actually no as you're saying joe that actually this time this moment not even that i deserve it but in terms of if i value my body and i value my process or my practice or whatever it is that those moments even if it's a reduced time to 15 20 minutes that if i prioritize that then my focus will be better because otherwise I'm not really valuing my system, my body or my motivations if I'm just forcing stuff in and totally. it's just like stucking up for the sake of it. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, it's absolutely, it's 100% true. And like, you know, when you when you mentioned wellness, you know, you know, I guess that brings me to you, Fred. Like, you know, you've been doing quite a bit in the whole wellness space. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, well, I think that's a key conversation, isn't it? Because it's called Dining Aldesco. Yeah, when you're not in your body, you're just up in your head. And like you're saying, you're just putting it into your mouth and not even focused or giving it any attention because your mind is down the portal of the phone or email or whatever. And so you're not sustaining yourself, but you're also not sustaining the world because you're not registering where that thing has come from, how it's been made. Yeah, that conversation just unravels to Mm. everything when i see the supermarkets with all the boxes of fruit i just think that's just the world gone mad isn't it It (laughs) yeah we need we need fresh food yeah you know so tell me more about you know the things that you've been practicing what you've Mm -hmm. been doing in that within that wellness space yeah well i've specialized in restorative yoga so it sounds like harris has reached perfect for me to yeah. <laughs> get them in there experiment on you yeah because it's um the antidote to the lifestyle that we live where we're hu- becoming human doings rather than human mm. beings mm. so it's just wow. about Deep. taking time out Ooh. and remembering what it is what it is to be and to have your essence yeah. and not be distracted by other mm. things vying for your attention and just enjoying that present moment so coming back into your body and just appreciating everything and when you're in that state of mind you notice the most incredible stuff like when I was um helping someone wash their car because I'm always in this like hyper aware state I saw all these iridescent bubbles coming off the top the soap you know and I just thought most people wouldn't notice that they're probably thinking about what else they should be doing and not doing that thing yeah yeah is that is that a common trait do you guys feel like with creatives in that there isn't that space to stop you because it's you know you're constantly creating whether it's you're actually doing the thing or thinking about doing the thing right. and i i know for me personally i find it really tricky to switch off mm-hmm. and there's a guilt there as well especially when there's things to do there's a guilt there to kind of stop and you know 
the idea of having a break or taking a holiday, I'm like, what? I've got, I got things to do. And I don't know, I'm just wondering if that's a, if that's a common thread with, with creatives. And, and one thing that's helped me this year, you know, having been, you know, slowing down, um, is changing my perception on what it means to break and stop and, and be more in the present. Mm. And rather than, you know, look at it from a, this is for pleasure, more thinking of it in terms of this is for perspective. Ah, and okay. that kind of allowed me to source that space because just for pleasure, I was just the battling constantly with the guilt and I can't relax, I can't chill out, I need to do this, this, that. But I think looking at it from the lens of, well, actually, you taking a break is going to give you more perspective on what you need to do right. to do it more effectively mm -hmm. and actually enjoy it. So right. stop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is the point. Enjoying it is the point. But right. we, we get so off, pulled off. Yeah. But um, then you can find that state of flow and what you produce will be 10 times more exciting than what you ever thought mm. was possible because mm. you've allowed yourself yeah to everything to present. align yes otherwise the struggle kind of constricts you and holds you back and yeah but it's that's the yeah man the Words impossible thing of wisdom to just switch off switch isn't it off. yeah and yes. allow it yeah so so very important i think you know in this this day and age we're in now um self-care is so important Eating good is so important. Taking care of yourself, drinking water, all very, very important things to keep you moving forward and uh, keeping you at your highest point of potential, right? So, yeah. Definitely. I feel like that's a, I feel like I'm talking a lot, but I feel like that's a common trait within Caribbean culture as well in terms of like that, that chill and mindset around life not much interrupts right you know food no music yeah do you know what i mean like yeah. it feels slow very down. much like if i go around mum mm -hmm. and it's for dinner it's like she'll remind me of how fast i'm moving or that you know she ain't seen me in a long time or you know it's all about the pace and right. you know the the things that they tend to you know promote and be about definitely feels like the antidote antidote to yeah. this you know it's the music it's the food it's the enjoyment it's the the living the being in the present as you were well, saying fred you know and the people community you know when i'm in the barbershop as as you know i learned to cut my own hair this year but i i i missed the barbershop man i missed that the, community, the absolute that community, yeah. the community the the random political <laughs> opinions that come out and you're like what but it's funny and it's interesting as well you yeah. know it's it's all of it it's it's unpredictable unpredictable and you're just like this is amazing man yeah. like you know and just yeah it just feels very much that culture does promote the medicine yeah yeah our fifth guest here is the food <laughs> uh compliments of winston's one love plant-based caribbean um so i'm gonna go ahead and uh take a break and grab 
the plates for the family, and we're going to go ahead and sit down and eat. But I wanted to leave y'all with one of my favorite tracks and uh, listen to it, listen to it well. Uh, it is You, Roy, uh, Chalice in the Palace. Ciao! just happened to get the food in front of us, y'all. Um, we are dining on some of the Caribbean's best, provided by Winston's One Love, and uh, we're really just getting into it. So, uh, if I may, I'm going to go ahead and just break down mm. and give you that visual. Please do, yeah. Or is it visual or sound of what we're, we're, we're actually partaking of? So just Yeah, explain what's, yeah. what's on the plate. Explain what's on the plate. Um... What we have, uh, what we're sitting in front of is, uh, we have a jerk jackfruit roast, sweet and savory, uh, stuffed with a beautiful breadcrumb stuffing, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit of raisins in there, um, nice, all the, filled with the flavors and the spices of the Caribbean. Um, we also have, uh, again, and this is like, you know, a fusion, uh, bringing things forward of, of, of the culture, the food, the music, we have. Uh, the roasted potatoes, because, I mean, what, am I, what I'm finding out in the UK is you can't have a roast without roasted potatoes. That's kind of goes, they mm. go hand in hand, right? Literally. Yeah, mm. man. So we have some roasted potatoes with a bit of thyme, a bit of rosemary, a bit of margarine. Uh, mm. uh, yes, herb, very fragrant herbs that, uh, that we season it with. Uh, we also have... Uh, Coming in from Jamaica, Jamaica, Jamaica. Uh, the Caribbean cabbage uh, with a little bit of uh, pimento, uh, a little bit of curry seasoning, um, thyme, of course. See, the thing is, you really can't have, uh, uh, you can't have Caribbean food without a bit of thyme, without a bit of, bit of onion, green onion, you know, those kind of essentials. Garlic. Garlic, of course. Yeah, man. So, you know, I'm surprised you even had a chance to kind of say anything. Your fork has been going since the food came. Wow, man, saying that. Yeah! <laughs> Ross Faraday, Dub Plate Radio. So happy. Uh, you know what? The thing is, and especially at this segment here, it's funny how I find myself talking over it. Much like being in the kitchen, you know, you're so fueled by the, fu- by the, the, by the smell of the food and the doing and the cooking to where, you know, you're not... So focus it on the eating, and I'm a, and what it does is allows your guests to eat because you know one thing I've always known or been told is that you know when your guests are silent when they're eating, it's things are good. Literally, <laughs> things are good. If it wasn't good, you'd know about it in that Jamaican way, anyway. Yeah, I'm a, <laughs> <laughs> so still doing the roundabouts of the plate. Uh, we also have some maple glazed jerk carrots on the plate. Again, giving you that sweet and a little bit of spice hitting you right there in the back of your neck where it needs to be. Um, did I mention the macaroni pie? Not yet. The macaroni pie, ladies and gentlemen. Again, let me just say this. Again, this is plant-based food. This is idle food. This is good food. Food good, body good. Good. 
eat your vegetables. It, one of the things that I kind of put forth to my people, my family, my friends here in the studio was that, um, you know, what are three of your favorite reggae songs that have memories connected to them that you may have, you know, just just has that, that positive mental energy that you, you get from reggae music. You know, what are those things? What are those songs? And, you know, Joel, he was... You said he was going, I'm going to reveal it when, when, <laughs> when, the, time is right. when the time is right. And apparently that means after, after he I finish cleans eating. his plate. Mm. Um, I've still got a couple of roast potatoes. I'll get that in the, <laughs> in the, uh, in the meantime. Um, it was a really hard decision. I was like, oh, I kind of love that one and this one. And, you know, obviously... Um, you know the genre is is so full and rich and um particularly influential for me as a musician um but i i narrowed it down to the th the first one i i sort of thought i'm i'm going to have on my list was burning spears um christopher columbus just because again coming back to the to the point that i feel that reggae music carries that a message and it's like I don't know, like reading a book, like you're being educated, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a schooling happening with, with the music I find. And, you know, it, you listen to that song and it's like, you know, a history lesson in what really went on. And, you know, that name was just such a, um, memorable name, uh, when learning in school and obviously implemented in the curriculum and, you know, this 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 guy was hailed as a important person and um you know an explorer and you know all of these sort of positive words and then you have this this song this man kind of revealing the truth in in what he did and how he did it and i don't know i just i kind of love the the juxtaposition that you know the message is quite heavy but the music is light and, and it, it makes the message digestible. Really happy to be sitting down here on Dubplate Radio, here at uh, Soho Radio, the cultural station, I'm talking with uh, some of my favorite people about the Caribbean culture, reggae culture, and the connection uh, that food and music, how it brings us all together. And uh, we we're just kind of wrapping up uh, eating, and uh, we're just going through some of our favorite songs. Uh, I put forth a challenge to my guest today. What are your favorite songs, reggae songs, uh, and how they inspire you? And... Uh, Fred Butler, you have this beautiful yeah. look on your face, like, yeah, man, come well, to me, man. I would have liked a uh, pre-warning to go through on my records, but then again, it's quite nice just to have the first thought that comes to you. Mm -hmm. So, sitting here, I was thinking about Liquidator. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. That is just the, like, instrumental. Yeah, it just gets you. Gets you flowing. <laughs> yes. 
Because you, you DJ quite a bit, Fred. And... Yeah, but I always get a bit anxious uh, doing a quote-unquote reggae set because mm-hmm. the tracks are so short. And like as I was saying, when I'm serving food, I have to concentrate on that. I can't talk to people at the same time. Right. It's the same when I DJ. I hate it when people come and talk to me. So if I'm playing records because mm-hmm. I only play vinyl, right. I know there's got to be really, really quick transitions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, I only got time to focus on this. Put your request in that box over there. Yeah. I can dig it. I can dig it. What we were doing right before the break, we were talking about favorite reggae songs, and uh, we were up to Harris, Harris Elliott. What's what's on your what's what do you what's on your playlist, brother? Great coming in here and seeing all the Bob Marley albums, and I grew up with Uprising in my house. Yes, and um, there was a full mixture of music in my mum's record box, um, from country to reggae to big band jazz sounds. But yeah, Uprising was in there, and um, my favorite track of that album from then till now is still Forever Loving Ja. Yeah, man. Yeah. Every is more fire. There was a point where growing up in London, growing up with Jamaican family, um, reggae didn't really connect with me till in my late teens. Mm. And I went to, it was always around, yeah. but it just didn't really seep in in a way where I fully understood it. Yeah. And then yeah. we went, there when I was probably about 18 or 19 and I hadn't been for a number of years and there was something about that trip which really connected the sound, the sun, family, culture and all those elements and it was around the time where a lot of those dancehall artists were becoming a lot more conscious. That was the point where reggae really kind of made sense to me and I actually fully understood it for myself as opposed to you're supposed to listen to this and you're supposed to understand it because your Jamaican right, or your right. Jamaican heritage, but mm. actually at that moment it really kind of made sense for me. I can dig it, man. It's such a you know, as we sit here in a studio, uh, well, in Soho, in in London, uh, I think that 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 song. You know, it resonates so much. And it, it also shows, you know, the connection in cultures to mm. things that are real and things that you can feel. I myself, you know, when I uh, listened to reggae and I discovered reggae, it was very much, you know, listening to Bob Marley very, very early mm. on. And, uh, you know, being feeling really connected in such a spiritual way, you know. And, a, and later found out it was also a physical way. You know, my mother told me when I was 16, she said, one day I'll tell you why you f- are so connected with Bob Marley and the Whalers and that and the music specifically. And then later found out that, uh, yeah, my father played on some of the most memorable Bob Marley tracks. So I've been invited by uh, Soho Radio to make a very important call uh, in my life uh, about my, the legacy of my father, Winston Grennan. And I'm going to be talking to August Darnell, uh, founder of one of the biggest bands in the 80s who my father played for, Kid Creole and the Coconuts. Um, They swept through Europe and the Americas uh, during the 80s, uh, winning a British uh, Music Award uh, in the 80s. 
And um, super excited to have this conversation. Again, it's about putting these pieces together, uh, these conversations together of people who knew my father, who they play, who he played with, and in, in, on this journey of life. So um, thank you so much, Soho Radio. Uh, and uh, yeah, let's get to it. So am I now here with the great uh, August Darnell of Kid Creole and the Co- Coconuts, Kid Creole himself? Yes, indeed. I don't know about the great, but I, I'm here. <laughs> Listen, I'm just going about what the what the so-called greats have said. Um, so, <laughs> you know, you got to be great. Nevertheless, uh, August, it is truly a blessing um, and an honor to be speaking with you today. August, I, I, I really can't thank you enough. Uh, you know, you, you're playing an important role in putting pieces together in my life um, as I learn about my father uh, through these conversations and through his music. So, you know, um, there's been a culmination of events that have happened throughout my life to bring us here. You know, I didn't, I didn't grow up with my father, unfortunately, and I found out about him in my early early 20s and it was just like you know I mean it was even before the who Winston Grennan was just that like I had a different father than my brothers I think that's what I remember being such a a kind of a a a painful moment for me was like well you know those is your brothers but that ain't your father so (laughs) (laughs) yeah I understand I understand what you're saying I didn't know that I understand it but I I must say right now that oh man Winston and I we had some adventures (laughs) my man we shared we shared some amazing times together and made some great music and I have nothing but respect for that man not only could he always put a smile on my face mm-hmm. for his personality, but he always put a smile on my face for his musical versatility. Wow. Now, I don't know if you know much about the band, but the band mm-hmm. in those days, we needed a drummer that could play all styles right. of music. And right. We were not just about reggae. We were not just about rock and roll. Mm-hmm. We were about every, every, um, every available musical style. Yeah. And we looked and we looked for a long time for a drummer who could play all the styles. And when we found Winston, we struck gold. And I just wanted to say that. Hey, thank you so much. And yeah, I, you know, it's it's very interesting because I knew about Kid Creole and the Coconut so many, you know, in my younger days. And then I remember uh, uh, vaguely um, seeing you guys on, uh, I think you did a scene in Downtown 81. Yes, indeed. The movie. Yes. And that kind of sent me down this rabbit hole of, of who is Kid Creole and of Coconuts because you guys were like, just had this massive uh, presence and, and you know, people really gravitate towards you and you guys kind of, you know, you own that section of, uh, of time. And then later mm. on to find out that, in fact, your love for Kid Creole and Coconuts, your father was back there um, heading up the rhythm section. So, you Absolutely. know, it's... Yeah, man. Yeah. But, Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Be, 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 before before Kid Creole, of course, I was with um, my brother's band, right. Dr. Buzzard's original Savannah band. Yes, That's how we yes. started in in the music business. Mm-hmm. So we had a love of versatility and eclecticism way back to uh, in the beginning. 
we didn't we didn't regard any one musical style better than the other. We wanted right. to merge all these styles. So right, when I broke right. off from Savannah Band and started Kid Crow, we went looking for a band that we could put together. Yeah. Um, me, my wife at the time uh -huh. was a Swiss-born Adriana Kegi and Koti okay. Mundi, who was known as Andy Hernandez back in those days, sugar-coated Andy. Sugar-coated Andy. Would <laughs> we would audition 20, 30 drummers, man, looking wow. for that right guy. And in comes Winston Grennan. What year is this and about, I August? Know, I didn't know about his history back then. Okay. I didn't know that he was already famous in Jamaica. Uh, it, for me, he was just another guy coming in to audition. And mm -hmm. when he sat down behind those drums, I got to tell you, I looked at Adriana and I looked at Cody Mundi and we said, yep, uh, our search has ended. We have found the guy. Wow. And we we were just so happy because he, he just brought such power and I such continue. conviction to that drum set. And it's and it's the the, the coconut music, mm -hmm. that's what we needed. We yeah. needed a drummer who was going to make his presence known, and Winston did. Wow, wow. And you know, mm -hmm. what's interesting for that is um the a lot of people think Kid Creole um, that I was born in the Caribbean or that I, I had some sort of Caribbean influence in the music because so much of the music borrows from reggae, right. and calypso, and soca. But I was actually, as I said, I was born in the Bronx, but mm -hmm. I fell in love with that music from the Caribbean. I I dated a woman from the Caribbean mm -hmm. uh, for a long time. Uh, she was from Haiti, okay. and so I grew I grew to love the music from the Caribbean through her. Yeah. And a lot of that music reached into my songwriting. And so we were very fortunate to wow. find Winston Grennan because he brought authenticity yeah. to the rhythm section. And that's an important factor. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so with this music created and, you know, we're talking about 81 around that time, you know, so are you guys going on tour? Uh, are you oh, performing yes. primarily oh, yes. in New York, in the tri-state? What, what was that like? Absolutely, we we toured uh, all through America actually, mm -hmm. but our biggest our biggest um, concerts, our biggest audiences were in the metropolitan cities, New York City, down in Miami, wow. Los Angeles, uh, Washington D.C. So we we toured extensively, which is unlike the Savannah Band. Savannah Band did not tour; right. we were more of a recording um, artist. But Kid Krill, we were determined to tour extensively. And of course, we toured Europe. We, yeah, we okay. oh man, we what toured. What was that Europe. like? If, was, was Winston with you at those for, times? If it wasn't for Europe, the band would have died in 1981. Oh. So it, it was, yeah, it was, a, it was a very important discovery for us to, to go to Europe. We first toured in, in um, France okay. and then United Kingdom, and then from the United Kingdom, we discovered Scandinavia, and yes. then we discovered Germany, and so we we were a touring outfit for sure. Wow, wow! I think I think you know that's even telling about myself in terms of you know my father traveling a, a lot. You know, I, I've traveled quite a bit in my lifetime, and you know it's it's always been something to like discover these new parts of the world and you know i think what it shows in so many different ways is how how we are all connected and we have more uh, uh things that that are of us or that connect us rather than things that kind of divide us which you know i will second your emotion yes. totally uh, traveling is such an important part and I am yes, very is. fortunate to have been a musician to discover other worlds. Had yeah. I been anything but a musician, I'm sure, you know, I started off as a school teacher. Yes, yes, I did see that. Yeah. 
teaching English. So had I pursued that, I probably would never have seen the countries that I, I saw as a result of my choosing this path in the arts as a musician. So it comes with a lot of advantages, I got to tell you. Absolutely. It certainly does. And, you know, I could say that I say this is, you know, if you would have stayed, uh, you know, uh, teaching English in the Bronx, PS 142 would have probably the, the coolest, most fashionable uh, uh, teacher <laughs> the world has ever seen. So, August, <laughs> your style is iconic and plays such an important part in, in uh, of course, the music, but like visually, you know, hitting all those different senses. Well, I, I must I must attribute that to the fact that my father was a he loved cinema. He loved <sighs> movies and he would take me and my brother to movies, so many movies when we were youngsters that mm -hmm. I grew to love those cats on the silver screen. Uh. And I loved the way they dressed. Humphrey Bogart and George Raft and and Paul. Oh, oh man, I got to tell you, yeah. all the dressing style came from watching those movies and wanting to look like those guys on the silver screen. Wow, wow. <laughs> so, when we couldn't afford it back in the Savannah Band early days, we just went to the secondhand shops and we mm -hmm. picked up all these pleated pants and box back suits and the fedoras. Yes, and, and a funny story, man. as time passed, those items became so expensive later yeah. on when when they when they figured out that people wanted to buy them but in those early days you could pick up a, a suit man for like twenty dollars and, and you could pick up yeah so things have changed but that's what we did we went to the secondhand stores in manhattan and we just bought out everything we could and that style is a result of me loving the cinema me loving wow. the movies wow that's the root yeah. of it wow yeah no that's it's truly amazing and it's like you know it's 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 and I think what's the lesson there? What's it's you know you're taking, making something out of nothing, taking other people's trash and turn it into a treasure, and I think yes. that's that's a, that's a that's a lovely <laughs> lesson within itself. I can dig it. I can dig it. And so th did that kind of also leak into the backing band? Did it, like my father's style? What was it like back then? Did it absolutely? Well? Oh yeah, yeah. The entire band was dressed 1940s, but what Winston brought to the thing was a Caribbean flavor. So okay. you would see a juxtaposition on stage of right. the Caribbean look, the the what we call Hawaiian shirts, what they call Aloha yes, shirts today. But the, the Caribbean dress, and and we even did a tour once where everybody was required to wear Hawaiian shirts and and sandals. Wow! <laughs> so, wow! <laughs> A little bit of sand on the stage. So, there was a definite combination of styles going on there, but it was always relating to the 40s and 50s, for right. sure. So, you know, throughout my father's career, he's he's played on some very, like, historic monumental records. Um, you know, Paul Simon's uh, Mother and Child Reunion. Uh, yes. The original uh, Goat's Head Soup, which uh, is the Rolling Stones. And so... Uh, you know, what did you guys write any songs together or create any uh, yeah music together? Uh, or was that just like uh, what you and maybe a couple of the people would do? Or was he involved in that process? No, 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 we never did have the opportunity to write anything together, which is unfortunate. Right. But in those days, I must tell you, there's a song I wrote called I'm a Wonderful Thing, Baby. Okay. And I have, and I, and the reason I mentioned that is because in those days, man, my ego was so large. Oh, right. Larger <laughs> than life. I can imagine. So, you know, it's interesting in life how things come full circle and. Yes. Yes. You know, 
all these, I truly believe that, you know, all these things are in divine order. All these things have been laid out in front of you. You get paths to choose. And it's really, truly about just kind of like, you know, using your soul as your compass in life, you know, and I, I think, you know, that's, that's something profound and true, yes. a profound and true. Oh, you have you. to, you mm -hmm. have to have a compass and that compass has to be something, something sincere yes. in order for it to, to work. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, I think that's, what's been extremely important to me is, you know, going through this process and having these conversations with people that, again, that can put these pieces together, these important puzzle pieces on my journey of, of life. Yes. You know, because absolutely what that does absolutely. is that, that speaking, mm -hmm. speaking, speaking of compass, your father, Winston, he lived music. Music yeah. was everything to him. Even on the bus trips we would take to the tours, he was schooling us on music. There was music. He was all about music. Yeah. And when, when you see that kind of dedication, you know that it's not a hobby, man. It was his life. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, wow. That's that's truly amazing. I mean. It was his lifeblood, and I think that's what kept him going. And you know, even in his uh, later years, which you know, um, as you may know, he passed in his fifties, his mid. Yeah, no shame. Yeah, yeah, and you know that had kind of uh, throughout his career. You know, he, 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 you know, he didn't get a lot of credit for for what he has done and the people that he's, the music he's played on, the different genres of music he's played yes. on. You know, he doesn't get much credit, but he always said it's okay. It's okay because, you know, they will know me in the end. You know, yeah, they will absolutely. know me in the end. You know, yes, indeed. That's what yes, he was indeed. about. He was. It was all about bringing people together. It was all about love your brother like you love yourself. You know, don't let there be barriers between one another. Come together as a people. Uh, you know, in order to to live your best life. So, you know, I think. I think he he's done that, and 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 for, yes. and for that, he will never die. You know, he's created a legacy that has inspired and touched so many people um, throughout uh, throughout the world. And I think you know, as a torchbearer, it's for it's for me to continue that legacy and that generational wealth that he has left us. You know, because you know it, it is going to be okay. It is all right. So. I really, I really, really appreciate, you know, you, August, um, uh, you truly a blessing and I'd love to Thank have you. a conversation in the future with you, you know. Thank um, you. And yeah, ma'am. You know, we need, we need that lesson today more yes. than ever. And yes. you know why, because of the divisiveness that's going on yeah. in America and all throughout the world mm -hmm. right now. So we need that positive message more so now than ever, that's ever. Right. What That's just right. happened in American politics has never been seen in my lifetime. Right. And we need, we need to come together. We in, certainly in do. To, in order to survive. And and your father, I tell you, when I when when Eva told me that uh you were the son of Winston Grennan and that you had a radio show, yeah. I said, Man, oh man, mm. this needs this needs to be explored. I thank you so much, uh, Brother August. Uh, thank you. AKA thank Kid you. Creole. Yes, indeed. Thank you all so much 
Thank so you, much. you, man. Thanks for, I don't know, just like inviting us, man. Yeah, man. Sharing this. It's been a true honor, a true blessings. Uh, again, my guests are here. I have Harris Elliott, uh, Fred Butler, and Mr. Joel Culpepper. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone, on Dubplate Radio, on Soho Radio Cultural Station. Uh, we thank you so much. And remember, eat your vegetables. Chaw! I'm your host, Ross Farad I, Winston's One Love, Plant Bakes Caribbean. Until next time, join us again. Mm-hmm.